Jazz Game Night post-game show. Ben Anderson, Jake Scott as the Jazz escape with a 119-114 victory over the Brooklyn Nets despite trailing by 15 at the half. The Jazz put together a very impressive third and fourth quarter on both the defensive and offensive end. They outscore the Brooklyn Nets by 20 and come back and get the victory. The third quarter was what spurred it for the Jazz. They outscored Brooklyn 31-24 to and then in the fourth quarter they outscored the Nets 35 22 getting big shots from some unusual bodies including Jeff Green who had been pretty silent uh, so far through the first three quarters in that game Jake and then Green comes up and hits what three huge threes in the fourth quarter just as the Jazz were kind of I mean barely getting some air after being underwater for a while and, and the Jazz go back to the starting lineup or Quinn Snyder does plus Joe Ingles the Jazz get the win. Coach Chiesa, who uh, you know does pre-half and post uh, in the rotation, Ben, he talks about how players out there, just a few plays can really earn their money on teams. And uh, usually coaches talking about the playoffs and those sorts of things. But I thought about that tonight as, as Jeff Green was hitting those shots. I mean, that's what this team needs on a night where not everything is, is going according to plan. Not everybody is, is playing well. And all of a sudden you get a little spark from somebody coming in off the bench at a critical time when things could go either way. And that certainly was uh, was Jeff Green tonight. Uh, let's take uh, a We want to say a big thanks to our title sponsor in the postgame, by the way, Mark Miller Subaru. Both locations go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, we're waiting on uh, Coach Snyder to come to the podium. We'll also get you a sound from the locker room as well. Ben, let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot 46.7% from the field, which, Ben, is is terrific given that uh, you've got those tired legs from the back-to-back. Six of 26 from three, which is not ideal for 23%. Led by Donovan Mitchell, 13 and 26 from the field, 30 points tonight. He was 4-4 of the line, six boards, and two assists. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert with 18 points apiece. Okay, so we talked to David and, and, and uh, Ron after the game in our little crosstalk, and we talked about everything the Jazz did, and the one name we didn't mention is Donovan Mitchell, and he had 30 points tonight. <laughs> He's in his third year in the NBA. He's so, in his third year, and he puts up 30 on the second night of a back-to-back in a win and hit a ton of huge shots still late in this game. He's such a star that we just overlook a 30-point game, which is not common in the NBA. He's he's just fully legit. Ben, one thing, living in Salt Lake for so long, we always take uh, the mountains for granted, right? Yep. Do you ever have visitors come in from out of town that are just absolutely blown away by the beauty Everybody of it all? Everybody who comes in. We cannot do that with Donovan Mitchell. Right. I feel like that's what we're doing. No, we, we absolutely did it. Do that we talked with... about everything except for the guy who scored 30 for the Jazz going up it for long stretches against Kyrie Irving. He's that good, but... I know there's skepticism about the mid-range, and rightfully so. The numbers are right. The mid-range is a bad shot. But when Donovan Mitchell is 0 of 5 from the three-point line in a game, he has to be able to score somewhere else. And he can't get a layup every other trip down the floor. You have to find a way to score baskets if the three is not falling. And Donovan Mitchell did it tonight. And that's your value in the mid-range. That is what you have to be able to do sometimes. And the Nets were great. They took away the three-pointer from the Jazz Basically, throughout the entire game, Jazz were just one of 13 at the at half. They only made five of 13 in the uh, third quarter, or I should say in the second half. Jazz were just five of 13 from three, and they still found a way to win this game because you have to score where you can get it, and the Jazz could get it at the mid-range tonight, and Donovan Mitchell found a way to do it. All right, with that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast will be Friday night when the Jazz take on the Grizzlies. That game will tip off a little after 6 o'clock. Pre-game will begin at 5 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have sound from the locker room and the podium for you as the Jazz beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight, 119-114 to right here on the Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. This has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray. And Lexus of Linden by Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you. And by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. Ow! This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now.
This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the Pathmark! Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now... It's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show. The Jazz beat the Nets tonight, 119-114. to 114. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of kslsports.com with you. Uh, the postgame brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Let's throw things down to the podium. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. How critical was their energy and effort to just kind of boost in the rest of the team in that fourth quarter? Well, it was, I think, the way our whole team came out at halftime, um, really the beginning of the third. Um, I think we started on a 7-0 run to start the third and actually missed a couple free throws and, and I thought had another opportunity. But um, that aside, the beginning of the fourth, what those guys did was tremendous. And, you know, that's, you know, it, it's, that's what, not just what you, what you want, um, but what you appreciate about guys that are coming off the bench, that they can come in and not only make plays, um, you know, for each other. I know Jeff made made some shots, Emmanuel made some shots, but they guarded and they really played for one another. Um, I thought they, you know, they didn't force themselves on the game. Um, you know, there were opportunities that present, presented themselves, and I thought collectively that group played played well together. And, and obviously, Jeff and Emmanuel um, being able to make those plays, um, you know, was, was probably the biggest reason we win the game. We don't win the game that way. And I thought defensively down the stretch, um, Joe did an unbelievable job guarding Kyrie, you know. And um, I told Joe before the game, you know, I, the only way he can play poorly is if he doesn't. I don't know how many threes he got up tonight. Um, he got four up, so... He's got to keep getting threes up, and they'll go in. Um, but it doesn't matter when you when you defend like that when the game's on the line. Um, so it was just it was that that effort was a, a gritty effort when those guys came back in the game, and uh, and obviously Jeff and, and Emmanuel put us in a position where we had a chance to win. I feel like this is kind of cliche when in situations like this, but did you sense anything at halftime or, or say anything that you felt like could turn the tide no, in the I, third? I, I think, that, you know, in an 82-game season, there's going to be halftimes like that. And, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, to try to figure out, be honest with yourselves as a group, um, why you're playing the way you're playing. And we weren't defending the way that we could. Um, and then that also, we were sluggish offensively. And we just had to be sharper mentally. And these guys have a lot of character. Um, I think it's a competitive group. And they competed together. And I thought, you know, started, you know, I don't know what is a 13-point lead at halftime. I think we were down through 15. So, you know, that that's, there was no, you know, I, I don't think there was no way we were going to shut down. But um, the resolve that they showed and then to carry it forward, um, you know, it was a really good win. Just more detail on Joe Ingles guarding Kyrie at the end of the game. Is was that? I guess first of all, why did you choose to have him defend at the end rather than Royce? And then what did you like about well, Joe, that performance I mean, in the last it, few minutes? Yeah, I mean Royce started on him. Um, it isn't, you know, we told the guys there's going to be multiple guys that are going to guard him and going to guard Dinwiddie, um, and they do, you know, they run some actions where different guys get switched on to him. Um, he's hard to guard, especially for 48 minutes. So um, it's a luxury we have that, you know, you have a couple guys that, that take a challenge defensively. And Joe's done that, you know, for a number of years. So, um, you know, whoever it is in those situations late um, needs to take the challenge. And, and both those guys did tonight, you know. And I thought just, you know, you're fortunate too. I mean, he, he, makes, some, he makes some really, really difficult shots and you know you've got to be it's not like we came out and shut him down you know he he's too good an offensive player and you know you need to be a little lucky too and we were coach what can you say about Rudy back-to-back big nights uh, obviously gobbling the boards he had a, also had a great catch uh, on a you know a tough pass from Mike down there that might not have been something you would have seen a few years ago from him well I, I think even you know 
the beginning of the year, I think that Rudy's Rudy's playing well right now. I think, um, you know, I don't think he started the game. He started the game like like our whole group. You know, we were a little sluggish, um, but Rudy's really competitive, and he makes plays. You know, he makes winning plays. Um, you know, he didn't get a chance to dribble between his legs tonight. Uh, he just made a heck of a catch. Um, on that pass for Mike, it was—I mean, he looked like—I don't think he'd know who Julio Jones is, but that's what he looked like. Last question here, What do you uh, four in a row now, and then each game has had its challenges, and you've been able to kind of meet them as as they come up. What does it say about the character that's being built on this team that you've assembled right now? Well, I, you know, you guys know I—I I, I hate to measure it by wins, um, but there is. There's, you know, that's what they keep track of. And so the competitiveness that this group has shown, you know, whether it be in a close game, being ahead, you know, and continuing to play, being behind, um, you've got to be able to handle all those situations mentally. And I think um, collectively um, this group likes each other and likes to compete. I mean, they like to play. And, you know, usually when that's the case, you figure out ways to, to make plays and whether it's making a play on the on the glass, you know, Boyan gets a tip out, um, you know, all kinds of things that happen if you're engaged in the game and you really want to win. All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. And uh, real quick, Ben, I always try to keep track of my favorite Quinn Snyder lines during the to the season because he always has some sneaky good ones. Talking about Rudy's catch where he said uh, he may not know who Julio Jones is, but yeah. he just made a catch like him. That That's number one so far for me this he season. He doesn't reference a lot of other athletes in different sports. <laughs> no. I just don't know if he has time for other sports at all. Not that he wouldn't know who Julio Jones is, but that's not a, that's not a typical Quinnism. No, to it's go not. other sport. Go uh, to the NFL card. Good for him. Yeah, I, I really like that. There's there's number one in the in the clubhouse for me so far this year. A Julio Jones reference. I That's thought that good. was that was terrific. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me, Ben, and, and maybe this stands out during all Quinn's press conferences, but we we see all these great offensive performances, and then Quinn goes right to the defense. And we talked about Jeff Green and Emmanuel Moutier and how good they were at the end of the third and beginning of the fourth. He said, "Well, you know, they hit some shots, but boy, did they guard." And it's he's nothing if not consistent yep uh, that's it's, he he believes what he preaches and that is important from a coach because there are a lot of coaches we know say one thing and want the other you know they try and say what they think will win a press conference and don't do any of those things and Quinn Snyder absolutely believes in the numbers and he believes in the defense and that's what the Jazz identity is set on and make no mistake the Jazz won this game because of their defense I mean he, he's absolutely right the Jazz allowed 68 first half points and then allowed just 46 second half points and, and that, that held the Nets to 114 which is 7 points under their season average I mean you hold teams to 7 points under their season average every game you're going to win 80% of those you're going to win a lot of you know, them you're going to win most of them so despite an absolutely horrendous first half from the Jazz defensively where Jake I mean that, that you did this game last year you said it was rough the, that 50 point loss the Jazz had to Brooklyn or to, uh, to, to Dallas, Dallas last year yeah. felt a lot like this first half to me which was just no legs set, I don't know if that was the second night of a back to back but it was just one of those games where nothing was going down Nothing was easy, and you come out of the half and you just say, you're either going to make those first you know, two out of your three shots and you're going to get back in it, or if you miss that two out of three, game's probably over. You're packing it And in. the Jazz just kept hitting it and just kept a couple of big Royce threes to keep him in the game, a couple of big Jeff Green threes in the fourth quarter, and the Jazz just hung around long enough that, that they could make the plays late to win the game, and, and they did it, and that's what good teams do. Well, and then they rolled the dice going with Joe on Kyrie Irving at the, to close the game, and you heard Quinn Snyder talking about that as well, and that turned out to be a, a completely successful move, but I'd be lying, uh, Ben, if I told you that I wasn't sitting here going... Well, Royce was doing a pretty good yeah. job. They're going away right. from Royce here. And and it turned out to be the right move. Joe played great down the stretch, even though he didn't make those shots. Uh, what did Booner say he was in the in the fourth quarter? Plus 15? Yeah, plus 15. That's so, incredible. Yeah, that's that's nuts. All right, let's go uh, down to the Jazz locker room where Tony Parks is standing by with Emmanuel Moutier. You know, in transition, so that was the, the main thing. What was your mindset in that fourth quarter when you and Jeff sort of swung the tights there? Uh, we, like I said, we were just getting stops, and when we get stops, the defense can't set up, and I think that's when that second unit set is best, when we just, you know, running with force and trying to make plays for each other. Is your mindset when you come into the game, just being aggressive, kind of going and getting buckets? I mean, is that 
Um, def- what it looks like. <laughs> nah, uh, I'll say just be defensively first and foremost. Uh, that's what Coach has been on me about. So, And, I mean, offensively, yeah, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to play my game. But first and foremost is definitely defense. I feel like when you're out there playing your game and then also conceptually with what this team's trying to do, that those two things are congruent, and that's why this has been a good match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Easy as that, yeah. That's really it, yeah. <laughs> so so when, uh, when you're doing this and you're down 15 points to a pretty good team and you can't do anything with Kyrie, how do you make the adjustments necessary to come back as quickly as you did, particularly in the third quarter, and then kind of take over it uh, um, in the fourth? I mean, Royce and, and Jeff did a great job on Kyrie. We know Kyrie's going to get you know his shots up and stuff like that, but I think those guys, especially down the stretch, they try to make it tough as much as possible. Uh, I think they, get, they should get a lot of credit, especially for this game as well. But when we started getting stops, like like I said, I think that's that's our best offense. Uh, get stops and just get out in transition. We're, we're tough to guard like that. How deep is this team compared to some other teams you've, you've seen? I mean, you've been on. Uh, I, I say it's definitely one of the deepest, if not the deepest. Uh, I think the the main thing is just how smart everybody is. Uh, just hearing Joe talk in the huddles, and everybody always got something you know that they see that they can say, and nobody takes that offensively. And you know, we just pick up on each other, each other's. Uh, energy, and we just try to move on from from what what we talk about. Quinn mentioned that in the locker room early in the pregame about that you guys it's a high uh, basketball IQ team. How does that help when you, when you get down, for instance, and you don't have to worry about necessarily that you're going to fall apart? You can kind of bring it back somehow. Yeah, I mean, he he wants us to hold each other accountable, uh, and a part of that is IQ. It all goes together. Uh, when you see something that. Um, isn't working or something that we should be doing. Uh, We all get on each other about it and think um, everybody's getting more and more comfortable. I mean, we had a lot of new players this year, including myself, so everybody's just getting more and more comfortable and I think, you know, the sky's the limit for this team, but we just got to keep working. Word is you guys got in at about 4 o'clock in the morning. What does it say about toughness to be able to turn around and then, and just gut it out? You showed so much guts down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, that speaks to to the whole team uh, where our mindset is at and it's definitely tough, especially on a back-to-back, like you said, time difference, stuff like that, but if we want to be a great team, we can't use that as an excuse. Uh, We just got to go out there and try to win every game that we play. Jeff said that composure was the thing he was most proud of after this one. Could you sense uh, kind of that same feel in the locker room and, and how do you kind of describe yeah. what that feeling is like? I know for sure. Nobody got too routed up. Uh, we always we knew it was good for a run at some point, uh, especially in the first half. We was playing a lot, a lot slower than we wanted to play, but we knew in the second half we was going to try to make that push. Guys, that's Emmanuel Moutier. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. One thing interesting right there, Ben Moutier, talking about how that bench unit is going to play and really run after getting stops. He mentioned that a couple of times. That's going to be key for them to generate points. I thought that was very insightful, actually. Quinn Snyder, before the game, was talking about Emmanuel Moutier, and we talked about this a little bit in the pregame show, uh, how how talented Quinn thinks Moutier is and says, I don't need him to be a scorer. I, I need him to be a basketball player. But he's a guy who can move the needle if he plays defense. Because he, he really is a, an insanely talented player. That's why he was a top 10 pick. That's why he had the opportunity to go play professionally in China right out of high school and make the money that he did. He is a guy who has great talent. It's just been hard to put him in the right mold to, to have success and put him in the right role. And we loved the idea that he came and signed with the Jazz to fill that role this summer, and then we had to wait and see if he was actually going to do it. And 11 games in, and the Jazz are 8-3, and three, and it looks like he's doing the things that Quinn Snyder asked. And if you're playing defense to the first 11 games, and it's successful and you're earning minutes, I have a hard time thinking Emmanuel Moody is just going to you know, put that in the back pocket now or put it on the back burner and say, well, I've, I've proven myself. Now I can just do whatever I want. And he came here to learn good habits. Yep. I mean, that shows a willingness to to put in the work, I would think. I mean, he told me personally, Ben, that he had chances to start yeah. for other franchises, mm-hmm. but he came here to improve. So I, I think that's I think that's a pretty good sign with him. 119-114 is your final. Coming up next, we'll get you more sound from the locker room. Stay tuned. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. The Jazz beat the Nets 119 to 114 for their fourth consecutive win. And of course, when the Jazz win, you win. The day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one customer on multi topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you will receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code Utah Jazz. Valid at all participating Utah Jazz Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. Let's go back down to the Jazz locker room where Tony Parks is standing by with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, clutch moments. This team really seems to rise up. I mean, the last few games especially, but this one tonight, you need a clutch moments offensively and defensively. How do you describe the sort of mentality, the focus, and the execution of this team uh, when the lights are brightest? I think for us, just continuing to stay focused and lock in. Um, biggest thing is just not really, you know, looking at it as the moment. You know, I mean, that's 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 really what it is. Just continue to play the way we've been playing, moving the ball. You saw we ran some actions. I got the ball to Mike. We got the ball to Rudy. You know, just being able to keep it simple. I think has been easiest for us. Everybody's looking for indicators of different things with this team. Play where you get the ball deep, you get it to Mike in the corner, he makes a move, pass into traffic to Rudy, who wins that ball and then and scores it. Those one of those indicators where it shows the trust of this team. For sure, I think just being able to to, to be selfless and make the extra pass I think is one thing that's really shown, you know, especially late, you know, trusting Mike to get it and trusting Rudy to finish and that's just who we are as a team. Uh, Jeff talked a lot about at halftime, there was a sense of composure and, and this feel that you guys were going to play with the <laughs> composure is what he said, yeah the, uh, the, did you sense that this team was going to yeah, play with the force definitely. they needed? I think we understood, you know, they came out and, you know, they, they hit us first but we came in understood what we needed to do and we picked it up on the defensive end and made it tougher on them and we were able to get stops and then run on a back-to-back, uh, you knew you were going to need your bench to come through big yeah. tonight. How, how deep is this team compared to the, the previous ones? Um, I think, you know, we have we have a lot of guys that can come in, you know, whether it's on offense or defense. You know, Jeff, he, I think it was three, three threes or, or whatever. You know, Manuel coming in, pushing the pace, being able to guard. You know, I think that's that's what they what they give us, you know, that spark. You know, it's always there, you know, and they're always there. They're always ready. And I think that's just going to be huge, especially uh, come late in the season. But, you know, it's great for nights like tonight when guys like Jeff and Manuel come up, come up huge for us, you know, because – Safe to say, you know, without their without their push, we don't we don't we don't win this game. So I think it's it's a big credit to those two in particular. And a 15 point hole at halftime. What does it say about toughness to come out and just grind it away? Point, just, point, point yeah, point, it's point. it's it's just a, a mentality. I think that's the biggest thing. Being able to stay locked in and stay understand it's a 48 minute game. We got to be able to stay locked in and focused. How do you, four games in a row? You've been able to meet challenges, like you said. Every every game, there seems to be something you're able to overcome. What uh, is this a character kind of thing that you guys have? I think it's just uh, mentality, it's just being able to guard, picking up more on the defensive end, and being able to go out there and well, not only guard but execute. You know, being able to run off stops. You know, we didn't really do that in the first half, but you know, you look at this game, you look at um, Golden State. Even um, when we kind of let uh, Milwaukee back in the game, being able to execute late game, I think has been huge. How much does Quinn talk to you about pace and pushing the? Me specifically or the team? Um, I think for, um, the biggest thing is being able to get out and run. You know, making making teams run. You know, you see what happens when we get out there on the floor. You know, we get layups. You know, there was one position I got two layups in a row because Rudy ran the floor, and then the other time he gets a layup. You know, just continuing to, to find ways to attack before the defense is set has been huge. You guys obviously still have a lot of different things you always want to be getting better at every day. But when you envision kind of what winning should look like, is it the sense that it can come from anybody at any moment? The three threes or somebody gets hot you know, like it's, it's, it's that's that's just who we have that's our personnel it can come from any any position anybody any moment so we just got to be able to stay locked in defensively and understand that even if we don't hit shots you know things are going to come our way we just got to be able to find ways to, to execute defensively and keep and hold them guys that's donovan mitchell let's go back to you thank you very much tony donovan mitchell uh absolutely terrific tonight ben as we do our best not to take him for granted. 30 points on, tw- on 13 of 26 shooting. He was 0 of 5 from 3, but perfect 4 of 4 at the line. Added 6 boards and 2 assists as well. And, man, he, he has a good attitude all the way through, doesn't he? And he's worth the price of admission, not just because he puts up 30, but, I mean, he had 3 or 4 just absolutely ridiculous isolation or transition buckets tonight where he really does kind of look like Spider-Man waving through uh, the buildings of Manhattan, just finding a way to get to the rim and then throwing up a circus shot and it goes in. I mean, he, he's one of the most exciting players in the NBA to watch and, and, and is, is worth coming and seeing. But one, one of the things that struck me before the game started, Kenny Atkinson, the coach for the Nets, was talking about Rudy Gobert and how good he is defensively. And he says, you know, they've also got Donovan Mitchell, who's an elite defender. I mean, he's starting to get that reputation as well, and that's what superstars do. Back down to the locker room we go. Tony standing by with Rudy. That's not, I didn't know that. 
we didn't want to think about that. We really wanted to come out and, and get this win. And uh, you know, I think we all stepped a step slow in the first half, and they also hit a lot of tough shots in the first half, got them going. So we really wanted to come back second half and you know make make it a little tougher on them and and just just try to run a little more on offense. And we got back in the game, you know. So at the end, it was just uh, you know the team that was going to get the stops and. You know, and be able to, to, to get a clutch bucket at the end. You guys don't want to use it as an excuse, but how difficult is a back-to-back? I mean, you, it's tough, but the other team is, like last night, they, they could go to sleep at, at 10 or 11, and uh, 11, we were still in the locker room, you know, <laughs> getting ready to get on the plane, and I got, I got home at 3, you know, so it's like, I mean, you, I'm, I'm making it sound. 225, you know what I'm saying? Making it sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got home at 245. You got home at 6 a.m., I'm telling you. I got home at 245. Right? I heard it was 4 a.m. before, so that's zero. Yeah, no, but, but, you know, it's, I mean, it's part of the, it's part of the NBA season, and that's why it's so big for us to get to, to be, to be able to win those games, especially uh, against a good team. Yeah, especially when you're going into the second night of a back-to-back, you can't think of fatigue and all that. How hard, or how much does it take to reach down for something deeper and different. We want to be a great team, and uh, great teams are able to to find the resources to, to win those games because we know that at the end of the season, it's going to be the difference between being first or second in the West or being like fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth you know. So we, we know those games matters, and uh, you know, it's, I don't know how many, how many teams that would be able to, you know, to do what we did tonight against a good team. Were you, were you specifically thinking you obviously had that, got that tough pass from Conley and had the layup, then you got the, the board there with... Tough pass. It was a great pass. Was it? Yeah. Actually, that was, might be one of the easiest pass I got. Really? I mean, it was right there. Are they still over there? I just did this. <laughs> Mike said that you have conversations with him a lot and stuff like that. When you have those conversations, but are you just trying to tell him, hey, man, trust me here. Just put it there and I'll win. Conversation is great, but I think the the fear and the trust, you know, comes with playing, you know, playing with one another and uh, plays like that. I think give 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 you more and more confidence to to do it again, and until it becomes natural, you know, and uh, and I think it, that's what's happening right now is is becoming more and more natural, you know, and instinctive, and you know, in the in the tough moments, in the tough games like it was tonight, he was able to make that pass, and I was able to to finish it. Before the game, Kenny. And called you an all-time defensive center. Uh, I know you're not thinking about that on a day-to-day basis. You got games to worry about, but you know, is what kind of an? Uh, uh, do you appreciate that sort of thing coming, especially from someone who's an? Uh, I mean, I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, hopefully at the end of my career, I'm, I go down as the best, or one of the best defensive players of all time, and uh, one of the best players still of all time. And you know, the goal is is, is to win. Uh, you know, to keep keep getting better, keep winning, and hopefully win. Uh, one or many championships. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much uh, there, Tony. And Rudy Gobert has always had a high opinion of himself. Uh, one of the or the best defensive players of all time. One of the best players of all time. But, uh, you know, Quinn Snyder talked about his competitiveness in the po- post game, And uh, that's, that's kind of what ru- makes Rudy Rudy. I mean, he has the ultimate belief in himself. To kind of piggyback on that last question about what Kenny Atkinson had said about Rudy, he said, you know, not only is he... Seven foot one, and then with a seven nine wingspan, like, that's not what makes him great. It's that since he's come to the league, he's put in the work to become a tough player because that was not his reputation coming out of his fr- out of France. He's got an absolutely elite body. If you see him, I mean, it's hard to tell on the on the NBA when you're watching the TV uh, how ripped he really is. And he's his body's only going to get so big because his shoulders are only so wide. But he is just absolutely shredded. He puts the time in in the weight room. He's put the time in to figure out how to play through things and how to set good screens. He's by far the best screen setter in the NBA. That's a nasty business. That's not a fun thing to do to set screens against guys who are going to throw their elbows into your thighs all night long when they're running into Rudy Gobert and he does it over and over and over and it paid off. And how about this? 25 last night for Gobert, right? I think he was the team's leading scorer. Turns around with his second best scoring night of the season. He had 18 tonight on 8 of 10 shooting. So he's, what, 19 of his last 21? Missed. No, 22. 22? He's missed three shots. That ain't bad. Pretty Jake, good. That Last ain't time I bad. <laughs> All right, real quick, let's take a look at your points in the paint. Speaking of Rudy Gobert, brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life tonight, Ben. Uh, points in the paint. Uh, the Jazz, let's see here. 
Um, outscored the Nets 56 mm-hmm. to 52. That's big. Nets are the best scoring team in the paint in the, uh, in the whole NBA. So to, to outscore them is great. And to hold them way below their, uh, their, I think they're six or seven points below their average there is fantastic outing. A lot of that limiting Kyrie Irving and the damage he was able to do. They missed the a lot of layups. They did. Especially in the fourth quarter. And I don't know if that's altitude. I don't know if that's just Rudy Gobert. It's probably a lot Rudy Gobert, but man, they missed a lot of easy ones, including DeAndre Jordan missed layups. And he's, I mean, he's inches from the basket. Right. <laughs> 119 to 114 is your final at your Jazz Game Night post-game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. 119 to 114 is your final. Uh, the Jazz beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight, their fourth consecutive win. Let's take a look at your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you, Ben. Last we uh, checked this stat, the Jazz had just six assists at halftime. They finished the game with a respectable 16 assists on 43 uh, made field goals. And you could tell, Ben, the, the ball definitely moved a lot more in the second half. I don't know if Quinn said anything at the half. He said he didn't. He said you're just in an 82-game season. You're going to have these types of half times. Uh but he said something. <laughs> I mean, so, something changed where the Jazz just absolutely came and, and were, I mean, honestly, looking with their heads differently than they were in the first half where they would kind of, a lot of no-pass possession, mid-range jump shots where the Jazz would dribble in and then turn around and look to see where the open three-point shooter was. And it worked because Royce O'Neal got them started with a couple of big threes and the Jazz just kept hitting them. I mean, not a ton, but but enough. You know what's funny in this, this second half? I don't know if there was a big play Right. Like I, I don't know where that big moment was where I felt the game changed. The Jazz just kept picking away slowly and slowly and ended up on top, but it never felt like there was that one big back-to-back three-pointers that, that, that won it for the Jazz. Maybe a couple of those Jeff Green shots in the fourth that, quarter. That would probably... Uh, be it if you had to select one because I agree with you it just seemed like it was kind of a a constant steady pressure that brought them back I mean you have to erase a 15 point deficit I mean that's not going to come with one or two moments so I I think you're right on the money but I'm with you I do wonder you know what does Quinn Snyder say at halftime? Does he, like uh, on a game like tonight he said boys you're on a second night of a back to back I got it you're tired how do you you know I'm famous for those three hour practices, right? Yeah. How would you like to have one of those yeah. tomorrow? You get you tell me what you want. Do you want an hour practice or do you want a three hour practice? <laughs> we remember his famous wake up call. It was like his fifth oh, game yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, and the team responded. They were down twelve, I think, in the first quarter yep. against the Thunder, and he yells at Trey Burke and Rodney Hood to wake up. And sure enough, the Jazz came back and won that game. So maybe maybe he got a wake up call at halftime. It it really is interesting to talk to coaches about when to push what buttons. Yeah. You know, when is it right during a halftime when you're down 15 to kind of sit to the side and say, guys, you're pros, go handle your business. And when is it right to kick some butts? And when is it, when is it right to love them up? And he, I, I think I'd like to be a, a fly on the wall for uh, or, or trail Quinn Snyder around for an entire day. I think that would be awesome. But I would really like to see what, what he says at halftime. Yeah. He's... He's intense, but he's he's just an amazing coach. I mean, it took amazing coaching tonight. He he pushed all the right buttons in the second half. Well, and actually, it's a pretty and not to get too far off on a tangent, but in, in today's day and age, and in the NBA, where players are making so much money, and, and player entitlement is certainly a thing, it's amazing that he can be a head uh, an intense head coach and still retain the love of his players. Yeah, I don't think we see that all that often anymore. I'm sure some of that intensity early in his career as a head coach came from having to prove yourself and, and not knowing exactly how to do it. I mean, he's better. He's a better coach now than he was five right. years ago when he took over because you get better at your job, and he certainly has. And, and he was great then, and he's, he's you know certainly a top-five coach in the NBA right now. But he, he's continued to figure out what is best. I mean, even you know how, when he's demonstrative and when he's not demonstrative right. and, and when he's up and pacing and when he's sitting down. And he's, just, he's figured out even all those little details. All right, let's go back down to the locker room. Tony Parks is standing by with Mike Conley. Tony? Uh, I mean, it says a lot. You know, it says a lot about our depth, um, a lot about, you know, the guys we have in this locker room, all paying attention to the details and the, the moments in the games. Um, I thought our second unit, you know, Emmanuel, Jeff, uh, Joe, all those guys, Tony, they came in and just really set the tempo for the starters to come back in the second half and um, try to pick it back up in that third. And, and, and it kind of it kind of snowballed from there. Everybody just kind of played off each other and off their energy. 
Jeff Green talked about composure here in the locker room and all that. That has to come from trust, right? And where has that trust been built as this team's kind of evolved throughout the season? Well, I think through the highs and lows of the early part of the season, we've stuck together and done, been consistent on what we do even off the court. You know, we still go out to eat together. We're still, you know, in the group chats. We're still doing all these things together as a team, which allows us to stay connected um, and not get too far away from what we're trying to accomplish. And um, I think tonight was a, just a great example of all that, all the things we've been, you know, been through as, as a as an early part of this season, and um, just happy the way we were able to, to, to complete the win on this one. Emmanuel Mudiay talks about how smart so many people are. The conversations during timeouts and any situation on the side. How do you describe the the kind of high IQ? A high basketball IQ and IQ of this basketball team? Um, it's very high. It's a very high uh, IQ team. Um, almost too high sometimes. We got so many, you know, voices and uh, so many different options because of it. But um, I think it's great. You know, guys can sometimes, you know, listen. You know, like myself, just be able to sit in the huddle and listen. You know, listen to somebody else's uh, opinion and be like, yeah, that you're right and and move forward. And, um, and just having that kind of chemistry and that kind of trust in one another is, is going to help uh, along, you know, get us a long way. In the first half, the uh, defense was the defensive effort was not there. The offense was a little bit sluggish. Is there something that you can pinpoint behind the, the slow start? Um, you know, I think we just took us a while to wake up. You know, the quick back to back and all that stuff was. Well, I know it was in, faster, it knows in our mind. <laughs> Some of us are 30 years old or above, you know what I'm saying? It takes you, you know, and, got, and got two kids, so. Some of us can't just go home and go to sleep. All right. But, uh, but anyway, no, nah, it was, uh, we did a good job handling it, and it was, uh, you know, just a good overall win, despite all, you know, everything else. What's the character of this team? I mean, it's early, so I'm not trying to trip too hard, but being able to come back, a lot of times you guys have, like, even when the game, when you lost, you I mean, a, a putback is what uh, cost you the game. How is this character being built? Well, I, I think it you know, it helps to have the, the failures with go along with the successes. I mean, to have a game like we had in SAC, um, where we literally win the game if we get a rebound. Just one, one stop gets us a win. And have other games where, where we've done the opposite and we've made the play to win. Um, seeing how we react in both moments, seeing how we come out of both moments, um, just really allows us to, to build and keep building from there. So um, I'm really happy with what we've been able to accomplish so far early, even, even not playing our best basketball as a whole um, and knowing we have a long way to go. Do you guys... More over here. Do you guys need to push the pace faster than you have so far, or do you feel like it's in a good place? I think we are pushing it a little bit more. Um, as of last week or so, I think it's been an emphasis of all of ours. I mean, my myself is trying to get the outlet and push it up and see what we have before we get into our sets. Um, I, we have such you know, like such good talent and, and guys who can break the paint and make plays that I think we, you know, we're, we're starting to push it a little bit more and get guys easier, easier opportunities. And then when it doesn't work, we get back into you know running our sets and being efficient. A short period of time. <laughs> Bid teammates with him for a short period of time. But what can you say about the growth you've seen from Emmanuel already, or anything maybe that you didn't know about him that you've learned? Man, he's a <clears throat> he's a quick learner. You know, he he asks questions. He you know obviously watches the game and analyzes it <clears throat> from uh, his perspective and asks questions to me all the time. And um, and when he goes out there, he knows his job. He knows what he's he's capable of doing. Um, he knows what he, his purpose is on the floor. And he goes out there and he and I mean like tonight just did everything that you'd ask for him. You know, making shots, making plays, getting stops defensively. Um, and, and that's what we what he's here here to do. And he understands that. And you know, when a guy is you know a star in their role like that, you just just let him go. Mike, lastly for me, uh, the situation you have a key play there. Donovan gets the ball deep, gets it out to you in the corner. You make a move. You throw the ball to Rudy. It's, it's traffic. He's down there, but there's ultimate trust he'll win that ball. Yeah. When does it get to that point where you're like, you know what, I can throw this ball and I know the right thing's right, going to come out? Right. Uh, it takes it takes a little bit, you know. It's, it, me and Rudy have had our had our ups and downs with my passes going to him because I've you know trying to learn from you know just playing pick and roll with him was what it's like and where he likes to ball. But that particular play was just one that you know I saw him in the paint. I didn't know how long he was in there, so I was like, oh, he might that might be three seconds. So I threw it high and where I felt like he could only get it, and I trusted that you know he he, he has the hands to make that play, and he did it.
Thanks, Mike. Guys, that's Mike Conley. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much there, Tony. Mike Conley tonight, 18 points on 6 of 15 shooting. He had five assists. And in a game where he did not look terrific specifically at the beginning, Ben, he he salvaged a really nice effort. No, Mike, Mike Conley continues to play well uh, for the Jazz, and it's, it's been very welcome. And, yeah, he missed a couple of big threes and opportunities where the Jazz needed him to make shots. But 18 points, five rebounds, and or four rebounds and five assists. And, again, he's got those turnovers down to just two a game. You'll take that from Mike Conley. Yeah, 6 of 15 is not great. Yeah, 0 of 5 from the three-point line is not great, and that is certainly the uh, averages kind of returning to normal after last night where those two combined to what? Where they were something like 11 of 18 from the right. three-point line together. So to come back and combine to go 0 of 10 uh, from the three-point line Oof. tonight, you just you get it from both worlds. But we, we've talked so much about this team not needing everybody all the time to be great to win games. You're going to have good nights from some players and bad nights from some players. And Donovan being good enough, Rudy Gobert being very good on the offensive side of the ball, and Emmanuel Moutier having his best game of the, uh, of the season so far for the Jazz uh, was enough to get the win, and that's, that's impressive. When you can do that with as good a defense as the Jazz play, you're going to win basketball games. Well, speaking of that, uh, Ben, let's talk about the, the three-pointer tonight. Uh, let's get to the three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. The Jazz tonight only 23.1% from three. They were 6 of 26. Jeff Green was very good, 3 of 5. Roy so O'Neal was two of three. Bogdanovich was one of three. The rest of the team struggled. And and Ben, honestly, if if you would have told me before the game that uh, Conley and Mitchell would combine zero of ten from three, first of all, I would have told told you that. Uh, was too low for an, uh, attempts, but uh, second of all, I would have told you they probably would have lost this game. So, I I think you know the Donovan Mitchell taking his mid range shots, uh, it's it's somewhat controversial, but he's he's really worked on it. He's talked about it uh, with us, Ben, after practice a number of different times. It's something he put an incredible amount of energy in, and at least for the time being, it's a shot he's hitting at a really high clip. Yeah, and, and you don't want him to take them, and you still have to sometimes, <laughs> you know. A lot of people don't want to go to work. You still have to go to work if you want to if you want to make money. If you want to score, sometimes you have to take the shot that is given to you. And I know you would rather do a million other things first. Go to the free throw line, take the three, get the dunk, whatever it is. Those are all better options. And still, sometimes those options aren't available. So you have to make the bed that, that, that has been made for or sleep in the bed that's been made for you. And sometimes that's what a good defense can do. And the Nets have at times been a good defensive team. And, and they showed it tonight why, why they can take away certain things. And, and Donovan Mitchell still made them pay. And that's, you know, they, uh, the, the best player on the floor came out and beat the Nets tonight and, and won the game. And that was Donovan Mitchell. All right, coming up on the other side, we'll get uh, final thoughts from Ben Anderson on this one. We'll find out what he's working on at kslsports.com. And we'll also get a little preview of the homecoming for Mike Conley as the Jazz go to Memphis for a showdown with the Grizzlies on Friday, a Friday night. 119-114 is your final. The Jazz beat the Brooklyn Nets right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Minute 37 left. Donovan in the open floor. Bounces to Conley in the right corner. Bullets it down low to Gobert. What a catch and a finish. Jazz by two. Rudy Gobert catches Mike Conley's bullet above the traffic and lays it up and in. There's our boy David Locke, your call of the game. Welcome back. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. The Jazz beat the Nets tonight, 119 to 114. One more feature we need to get to tonight, Ben. That, of course, is tonight's Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the uh, f- uh, the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also the uh, proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by the this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Uh, tonight, the master of the glass, as usual, Rudy Gobert. 15 total boards tonight, uh, 11 of which coming on the defensive side for offensive rebounds. The Jazz tonight uh, with 46 total rebounds, out-rebounding the Nets, 46 to 43. And uh, Ben, you know, the boards were, were an issue for a hot second for this Jazz team, but they seem to have buttoned that up. I also think the Jazz got as many key offensive rebounds late in that game that got wins. There was a Rudy Gobert uh, put back that, that put the Jazz up by two. I want to say that might have been 116 to 114. 
uh, where he got that. And then, of course, the Boyan Bogdanovich tip out on the missed yeah. free throw by Mike Conley uh, to get the Jazz really to secure the victory because Donovan Mitchell grabbed it in the backcourt before getting fouled again. Jazz had a couple of huge offensive rebounds to get it. Biggest rebound of the game is the weirdest rebound I've seen. Joe Ingles caught the ball laying on the ground right. at the three-point line. He got a defensive rebound that far out with... 18 seconds, yep. something crazy left in the game. So Joe Ingles, who just had, I mean, he had his worst shooting night of his career. 0 of 6 ties uh, three other games he's had that poorly. He, he had the biggest rebound, and you just have to be aware. A loose ball got kicked around, and he was just in the right place at the right time. Fell right into his lap. It's like a dead man laying in a grave. And if you're then- out there, you'll catch <laughs> enough rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then was smart enough to kind of roll over and pass it to Donovan Mitchell. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, that was probably the easiest rebound of Joe's career. There's there's no doubt about it. A lot of timely stuff tonight, Ben. Like, Absolutely. it wasn't pretty, but there was a lot of stuff that came at key moments. Never, if you want to talk about the basketball gods or, or how the wind blows, just never forget that there's a certain amount of randomness to every basketball game oh, yeah. and sometimes a free throw goes one way or a back tap goes the other or a ball lands in Joe Ingles lap while he's lying on the ground at the three point line there's just still a certain amount of randomness that has to go in your favor a couple yep. of times a game and the Jazz just happened to get it at the second half but you know randomness you, you meet opportunity with the hard work you've put in and that's how you find success all right, of course, uh, Ben puts up columns after all these jazz games up at kslsports.com, and we always like to ask him in this segment, what are you working on tonight, Ben? Yeah, it's just about to go up. Uh, jazz kind of bucking trends and how they've played in quarters. They've been the one of the best first quarter teams in the NBA this year. The Nets are traditionally one of the worst. That was totally the opposite tonight. Nets jumped out and blitzed the Jazz 35-29. to 29. Jazz have been a not very good fourth quarter team. They put up just 24 points a game. That's 27th in the league. Mm. They scored 35 tonight. So the Jazz kind of flipped the game on their head. Bad first quarter, great fourth quarter, and it was enough to get the win. So Jazz are finding ways to win games, and that's what good teams do. 66 points in the second half, Ben, including 35 of those coming in the fourth quarter on a night where they're supposed to be tired. And, and and Brooklyn's been in town for a couple of days. I mean, elevation is is always going to be somewhat of an issue, but they have a couple of nights off. I mean, they, they should not have been the tired team in the fourth quarter. No, and maybe that's altitude, but whatever it is, they, they should have been able to run away with this game. The Nets should have. We, we talk about winning firefights, and, and 119-114 isn't a traditional firefight. Right. We saw a 150-148 to 148 game or whatever that Between was. Between the, what was it, the, the Wizards and the Rockets? Wizards and the Rockets. That was in regulation. That's a firefight, but... What what I said what what I mean by that is you have to win games by hitting shots sometimes and the Jazz did that by Jeff Green hitting three threes in the fourth quarter like sometimes you need to have that guy who's going to randomly do it it can't be Donovan Mitchell every time and tonight Jeff Green did it and that's why you sign him and two and a half million bucks for for Jeff Green I mean if he wins you three games this year as that's long as he doesn't it. lose you ten that's worth two and a half million bucks because you're going to get that money back in the playoffs. And shout out to Jeff Green, and we've been keeping track of this because of Coach Chiesa, did have an offensive rebound Oh, he tonight. got the offensive board. He did get that Good offensive rebound tonight. So, yeah. so there you go. So everything's coming up Jeff Green this evening. He's got to find some ways to impact the game, and he did. And he, you know, he impacted the game yesterday as well. So if we're looking at these, uh, you know, the schedule, Ben, in, in, you know, kind of a couple of game chunks here, uh, you've got Memphis coming up on Friday night. And by all accounts, that, that should be a victory for the Utah Jazz. Unless you're playing Golden State, there are no easy victories in the NBA. Uh, but that should be a victory against the the rebuilding uh, Memphis Grizzlies team. But then you you uh, have to play next week on Monday a sneaky good Timberwolves team, which is red hot out of the gate. So yeah, it's kind of if they're going to keep this streak going, they have a, a game where they're going to have to stay focused and keep their eye on the ball, and then they're going to have a game where they've got an opponent that's coming in pretty hot. Yeah, you play the Grizzlies, who it's going to be such an emotional game with Conley back there. But also there's a bunch of former Jazz players on that right. roster that are going to want to play. I don't know if Grayson Allen's back in the lineup, but Jay Crowder. You know, had a couple of big moments already for the Grizzlies, and then I—I I, I mean, you just have to do it, I think, because it's a scheduling quirk and it makes the jobs easier for the people at the NBA. But you have to play a home and home with the Timberwolves next week. I mean, that—that's hard. Same team, back-to-back. I mean, you're just probably not going to win both of those. It's just, it doesn't matter who the team is. If you do, it's a sign of how great you are. Uh, But but Jazz should get one of those. The Timberwolves team's good. Grizzlies are dangerous because they're young and they can really play hard, and and they don't care if they lose. So they don't care if they win either. You know, they'll go out there and just give them everything you have, and then, yeah, you get to finish off the week again with the the Warriors once again. Uh, A couple things. Got to admit, I'm I'm looking forward to a closer look at Ja Morant. Yeah, no question. Uh, we missed him unfortunately in the summer league yep. where he was he was scheduled to come and then he he did not. So uh, want to get a closer look. I know it's not a home game, but but see him go up against the Jazz with uh, with John Morant and then Rudy 
Gobert, Carlo Anthony Towns, always turns out emotional. Yep. Like they're always really good matchups, and they always both both players really pour their heart and soul into the matchup, and it, it's always fun. Did the fist fight between Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns change your opinion of who's the emotional one? Whether it was Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns, maybe it's just Cat. Maybe Cat's the emotional maybe guy. Maybe it's him. Because I kind of thought Rudy was the guy who who took it personally. Right. Maybe Cat's the guy who who takes it personally. Well, calling that a fist fight, though. Okay. Yeah. It was a fight. It, okay. I was yeah. trying to pretty it up for the NBA a little bit. <laughs> Toughen it Make up a little. some tough guys. Uh, Wiggins is playing well, which Wiggins. is a funny thing to say. Which is, well, that guy has all the physical capability in the yeah. entire world. Is he just going to put his head on straight? And so far, so good. Maybe he just needed another voice in his ear. We talked about, you know, intense coaches and, and how they operate and how it's it's becoming more rare. I mean, you look at Tom Thibodeau. He, he lost that team in Minnesota with, yep. well, I mean, Jimmy Butler probably didn't help, but he's a really intense guy. And they just, you know, uh, those guys, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, just really didn't respond to him. All right, Ben, just a, a thing or two uh, that you're taking from this game against the Nets, a couple things that uh, that we need to remember and take on to the next one. You know, one thing that we didn't talk about and it didn't happen in the game, but you heard it if you've been listening to the postgame show, Donovan Mitchell just being crazy in the background of all the sound we have. It's been hilarious. Is hilarious, and it's absolutely what the team needs. Yeah. You just need levity and humility and and enjoyment and the culture change that you've gotten when Donovan Mitchell came into this locker room versus what the team was before that with music playing guys playing around guys dancing guys singing I think that stuff really matters I mean I believe in culture and Donovan Mitchell is just a fantastic culture guy and listen to it when you listen to the show and you listen to the postgame show listen to the fun that Donovan Mitchell has that was one key thing and then two just uh, this team's ability to believe in the defensive side of the ball is real. And I don't know if there's any team that's going to get close to the Jazz defensively this year. Maybe the Lakers, they've been the second best team. I I don't know who else after every single game. I mean, every player we talked to tonight, Conley, Moutier, Gobert, Mitchell, they all said the exact same thing. Well, it started on the defensive end. And they've just had that drilled into their head for, what, five years now from Quinn Snyder or as long as they've played for Quinn. He just says it over and over and over. And those marching orders are now being followed. And if this team believes that they have to play defense like that every night and then they can score like this, that team's going to be insanely hard to beat and they're only going to get better as the season goes on. And they've already got a bunch of impressive wins and we're only 11 games in. Yep. Eight and three, the Jazz moved to with a win over the Nets tonight, 119 to 114. They are an undefeated 6-0 and here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. We want to say a big thanks to Locke and Boone doing their normal terrific work. Thanks to all the broadcast assistants for their work tonight. We appreciate them. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Ben, thank you, sir. Two nights in a row, back to back. We made it, buddy. Uh, undefeated on the season, I think. You are undefeated on I the think, season. It's not like I'm doing anything. We're <laughs> talking about basketball. It's all you, buddy. It's all your vibe. You know, you are that uh, Donovan Mitchell to this broadcast where you just bring the levity. You Donovan make us all feel better. pumps up the team, but who pumps up Donovan? <laughs> that's, that's me. That's you, That's buddy. my job. <laughs> uh, make sure to catch uh, Ben's column tonight, kslsports.com. Next broadcast, Friday night, t- uh, Jazz take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Tip off a little after six. Pre-game begins at five, and you're Hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.